Has it ever occurred to you just how incredible grapes are? Now think about it. That little box of raisins your mother packed in your lunch bag was the only fruit that qualified as a dessert. And consider this. When we hear juicy gossip, we say we heard it through the grapevine. We didn't hear it through the apple tree or the berry bush. Grapes are so darn special that the grocery store expects us to snitch a few to ensure quality control. Try doing that with a banana or a pineapple. Admit it, every encounter you've ever had with grapes has been positive. That's why we created Grape Encounters, a place for adults to hang out and focus on the paramount achievement of grapedom. Delicious, irresistible wine. Wine brings people together. It starts conversations. It makes us happy. In fact, wherever there are grapes, there's gorgeous scenery, very cool people, and plenty of laughter. All that being said, let's bring out your guide for this journey. The Wizard of Wine, the Gangster of Grape, David Wilson. Oh man, oh man, have we got the ultimate grape encounter for you today. My guest today is a mega, mega, mega TV star, but way more than that. He is to entrepreneurism, high finance, and reality-based entertainment what grapes are to wine. He helps everyday people realize seemingly unimaginable dreams every week. But being the ultimate tell-it-like-it-is guy, he's also known for frequently dashing hopes and probably preventing a lot of unnecessary heartache along the way. He's got a track record of successes across a broad spectrum of pursuits that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's got that magic touch. And now he's turning his attention to an all-new, highly ambitious enterprise in the world of wine. I'm guessing that about 95% of you have already figured out who's on the air with me today. Half shark, half sommelier, 100% wonderful. Shark Tank's Mr. Wonderful himself, in the flesh, Kevin O'Leary. Kevin, thanks for joining me today. You've got a new adventure. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm very excited about this new venture as well. So as I was looking at everything that you're doing in the wine sector, your involvement goes a number of different directions because you have your own wines that you're making with your own name on them, and then you're promoting the best of vintage wine estates. And then there's other lifestyle products. It runs the gambit. What point did you decide that I'm going to do more than drink wine? I got to get involved. Well, I, this starts way back when I was a teenager living in many countries. My journey into wine started uh, when my birth father died at a young age. He was only 36. My mother remarried and uh, my stepfather became a working member of the United Nations. And we moved to new countries every 24 months. So I've lived in Cambodia, Tunisia, Ethiopia, Japan, Cyprus, Germany, France, etc. every 24 months. And during those journeys, my father was very, very interested in wine, and he started introducing me to the different varietals when I was eight years old. And over in Europe, wine is not a, a taboo. Children drink wine, right. sometimes it's watered down, but it's something that I grew up with. So I, I knew the various regions of Burgundy, DRC, the left, right bank, Bordeaux, all that. And then I took a deep dive into all the varietals in Italy and the Super Tuscans and everything else. And as I was growing up, I started to collect wine, sample wine. Then I went into wine trading of futures. I have five commercial sellers around the world that, that I maintain. It's an asset class to me. Good it's green. a very enjoyable family thing. 
And then uh, that one day, a few years ago, I think it was more like eight years ago, my journey started with Vintage Estates when I was on Shark Tank and someone came in with the idea to sell wine in an individual nine ounce glass, which I was right. fascinated by. And I invested in the deal and I realized I needed a giant distribution partner. And the biggest wine buyer on earth is Costco. Most people know that. And so I called up the legendary Annette Alvarez Peters, who nobody can reach. I was able to, through nefarious ways, get her cell phone number. And I left her a message and said, this is Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank. I don't know if you're a Shark Tank fan. I don't know if you saw the show last night, but I have a really interesting idea and I think we should partner on it. 20 minutes later, my cell rings. It's Annette. I mean, she's like a ghost. No one's ever talked to her. She's the biggest wine buyer on earth. And she said, Kevin, you were rude to Barbara last night on Shark Tank. <laughs> now, before we even talk about business, you have to apologize to her. And I said, Annette, I wasn't rude to Barbara. In fact, the only reason Barbara was there is I bought her a new broom to fly in. <laughs> Anyways, we got over the whole thing with Barbara. And she said to me, I'm going to be in one hour at George Wayne Airport. I'm on my way to Hawaii on Saturday. It was Thursday. I'll give you an hour of my time between flights. I'll be sitting there in the waiting room. You want to join me? You want my time? You get there at two o'clock on Saturday and bring your wife. I want to meet the woman and marry a guy like you. And so that was how it went. And I flew out there with Linda. I showed her the idea, the single serve wine glass, and she was holding it over her purse and she tipped it over just to look at the seal and it leaked in her purse. Oh, no. And that was the end of that idea forever. <laughs> Oh. And, but she did tell me something that really was important. She said, Kevin, 97% of wine sold in America is sold for under $14 a bottle. And if you want to sell me wine, you have to be able to ship me a million cases a quarter. And you can't do that. So if you want to make this work, you better meet Pat Roney and Terry Wheatley at Vintage Wine Estates, form a partnership with them. They have the logistics. And then you and I can go into business. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. That is astonishing. And, and Vintage Wine Estates really does have some amazing labels uh, under their umbrella. And I think that really fit that description, that $15, $20 range wines. They've got a lot of those wines, and I have had many, many, many of them. But now your wines that bear your label, are they part of the Vintage Wine Estates family? Are you actually making the wines? Who are you working with? Can you just kind of tell me what that dynamic is? Yeah, I mean, I've been blending wines since a teenager, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so what I did in this case was I said, look, I'm happy to become a shareholder, which I did. I'm now a shareholder of 3,000 acres of producing. We own and we rent these terroirs to make our wines. But I make my own wines under the uh, O'Leary Fine Wine label. In fact, I have my Pinot here, which has won five awards. And so I work with the winemakers there to blend them to my taste. And so okay. I'm very familiar with the American palate, even on a regional basis. I'm known, I'm well known as the wine guy on Shark Tank, the 100 right. million people a year watch that show and see it in syndication. Right. And so when I tell people is, look, when it comes to wine, I have your back. I will blend wines that I know you'll like. I will make them very attractively priced for you. And I will curate your selections for you if you wish. And I've grown a huge business with that. And the only reason we've been able to do that, if we partner with people like QVC and we ship direct to 42 states and people really over the years have grown to love this brand. And, and I sell millions and millions of dollars of it and hundreds of thousands of cases in a quarter. And so that's a business. And that is a, a very proud of it. And that reflects my wife, Linda's blending of the whites. She has a very, very wonderful palette. She can place a Montrachet right to the vineyard versus New World Shard. Really? I mean, it's really fantastic. So together we work on this. I do all the reds and we've built that business. But 
there are many other wines made at all of our different wineries that I like and drink. And so now I'm curating those for my audience as well. I'm saying, look, this Clopi Gas, Cabernet Sauvignon, let's try it. At whatever price point you want, I've got a great bottle for you. So we have some expensive wines. We have some very inexpensive wines. Whatever you're choosing, I've personally tasted, put on the site. I know it well. My family drinks it. It's from my family to your family. Okay, so one of the things that just galls me is when a celebrity decides that they want their name on a bottle and they do nothing to deserve having their name on a bottle of wine. And you know what I'm talking about. And they're, yeah. uh, we're, we're not going to name any names right now, but there's a bunch of them out there. And then there are guys like you that are deeply involved. One of my favorites is Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas because she makes wine in the Solvang area, which you're probably familiar with. Um, yeah. Her father just recently passed away. It was a partnership between she and her dad, you know, and she's hands on. And as for me, you know, when I see pictures of Fergie in an open top fermenter and she's stomping the grapes, I want to drink that wine because I want some Fergie DNA on my wine. <laughs> right? I agree with you. I, I, I was a winemaker long before I, I was a celebrity. Long, long really? before. Okay. Way, way, way before. And I'm very fortunate to be able to, you know, enjoy having millions of social media followers, but they really do trust me to curate their wines. Kevin, we got to take a quick break. We're going to be back in just a sec. I need to talk to you about the relationship between price and quality when we return. I've been, Absolutely. I, I have That's been great. wanting to ask you this question for 100 years. So we'll be back in just a second with Mr. Wonderful. You can check out his new site, which is Shop Mr. Wonderful, Great Wines, and a whole lot of other stuff. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Walk into Total Wine and More, and you may just pinch yourself. With over 13,500 hand-picked wines, spirits, and beer, there's something delicious to discover around every corner. And their friendly guides are right by your side, eager to help you pick up the slack in your wine rack. Or recommend a bottle or two to match your menu. A crisp Pinot Grigio pairs with shrimp scampi or even potato salad. Bold cabs with balanced tannins bring out the best in Korean short ribs and a bacon cheeseburger. Sip a sparkling rosé when you're serving salmon any which way. When it comes to what's in store, you'll find all your faves, always at the best prices in town. So what'll it be today? Choose curbside pickup, in-store pickup, shipping or delivery. Explore more in store or at TotalWine.com. You're listening to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. We offer something for everyone. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to offer free wine. That's what your friends are for. Smoke from increasing wildfires is tainting wine grapes, and vineyard executives are looking for new ways to adapt. Pure Fresh Wine's O3 technology helps vineyards overcome the problems caused by wildfire smoke by treating grapes pre-crush to improve fermentation and overall wine quality, as well as removing smoke taint. For the typical winery, saving a full harvest of grapes with pure fresh wine costs only 10 cents per bottle. O3 technology has been approved by the FDA and USDA. It leaves no residue and uses no chemicals. It provides many benefits to wineries, including the removal of sulfur, pesticides, and fungicides pre-crush, the reduction of bad bacteria and mold issues, an improvement in roundness and fruit-forward palate notes, and so much more. Most importantly, it safely and naturally breaks down smoke taint molecules to save grapes from damage. 
rescue your harvest from smoke taint. Visit purefreshwine.com today. Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal. The more you click, the more I'll pour. When a fellow shark took a playful snipe at him and said, aren't you Mr. Wonderful? Kevin O'Leary did what few can. He monetized the mockery. In fact, He's become so synonymous with that title that people constantly approach Kevin O'Leary in public and ask with different intonation, aren't you Mr. Wonderful? Well, he's certainly doing all kinds of wonderful things in the wine biz, and you've got a front row seat here on Grape Encounters. And Kevin, we just started to talk about the relationship between price and quality of wine. And this is something that, you know, I think is one of the most important things that I can tell my listeners is, look at if you buy a $6 bottle of wine or a $15 bottle of wine and you love it, you can honestly say, I love this wine. Stop, stop. Why do you want to spend $100 on a bottle of wine? What's your feeling, first of all, about that? And then secondly, do you think winemakers have it right in terms of how they're pricing wines right now? Is a $60 bottle of wine a $60 bottle of wine, generally speaking? You know, this is the age old question that was, you know, dealt with in Roman times too, when they made everything from mead to Moscato and said that my wine's better than yours and you have to pay me more gold bullion for it. Today, the wine industry, the global wine industry is driven by uh, lots of different forces when it comes to pricing a bottle of wine. And so let's start with brand. And so one strategy winemakers attempt to do, and this has been done obviously first in Europe with the classic French designations, and the famous first growth houses, when you make a Chateau Latour or a Cheval Blanc, which are already very, very, very famous wines right. for hundreds of years, and usually are made to a certain standard. I know what a Latour tastes like. I know what Cheval Blanc tastes like. I know what a Latache tastes like from the Burgundian offering of the Pinot. Okay. Th- those wines, because they're sort of the, the nobility of, of wines, sell for as much as $5,000 a bottle right. in the aftermarket. And, and I understand that. But the idea, and and I have to be honest with you, I've had blind tastings where I've had a $5,000 bottle of wine at my table with some of my friends at my summer lake house. I love to do this. They know it's there. They know it came out of my cellar. And I will also serve them my O'Leary Fine Wine Pinot, which I sell for under $14 a bottle. It's a Pinot too. Okay. Okay. And, and what happens? More than 50% of the time, they'll choose mine over. Now, I don't want to get in trouble with the RC. My point is individual preferences determine the likability of wine. And some people, particularly domestic drinkers of Pinot here in the US, are shocked by the nose of a true Burgundian Pinot, the barnyard, the smell of barnyard. 
That's really what it is. It's it's a deep, rich, but for many people, they can't stomach it. And so that's not what we do with our New World Pinots. We try and make them, you know, more approachable. That's probably the best word. And as a result, they'll choose mine over a $5,000 bottle. Now, that's crazy. But there's an answer to your question. No, price does not determine the quality of a wine or your likability to it or your propensity to drink it a second time or develop a relationship with it. And so I ask people, experiment open up your horizons. Don't get stuck in a rut on wines. Try everything. So one of the things that I think is absolutely true about the American palate is we talk dry and we drink sweet. It's just an absolute fact that the more fruit forward a wine is, and I'm talking about especially red wines right now, the more that American consumers are going to like it. And so there is definitely a difference in attitude toward old world wines that are bone dry and lower in alcohol versus what we make here because we are the juice box generation and we like everything a little bit sweeter. That alone, doesn't it just put people over the top? You are 100% correct. You obviously know your stuff. Thank you. The amount of time that I spend with my wife blending to make it so that it's going to work for our palates domestically here. The information I get, because I'm selling direct to hundreds of thousands of people, I really want their feedback. Hundreds of thousands. Let me give you an example, right to your point. I just had my holiday sale with Vintage Vine States on QVC yesterday, and we did it on Sunday as well. We sold millions of dollars of wine. The number one sellout first, Moscato. Moscato, <laughs> a, a sweet, crisp, Moscato that we've been blending for years now. This is the oldest. I mean, the Romans grew Moscato grape. That that honeysuckle flavor, that that rose petal aroma is a very, very popular, popular holiday wine in America. And I've got to make sure that I to have the consistency. I've, I've won, won awards with it. But you're right. We talk dry. We sip sweet. But we want crisp. It can't be too sugary. It can't be too buttery. It has to be just right. And I learned that from the Miami region where my Moscato is in Florida. We sell tons of it. And 78% bought by women. Okay. So I didn't tell you that I own a wine shop in Paso Rebels area. And I never carried much in the way of sweet wines. But I noticed something during COVID. And that is that people were starting to ask about sweet wines. And I think it's a depression thing. I'm feeling depressed. I want dessert. I want candy. I want sweet wines. Now I am selling more sweet wines than you can possibly imagine. Part of it is because I'm telling people, you know what? It's okay. I give you permission. It's sweet wine. It's actually very delicious. Give it a shot. And now it just flies off the shelf. And Moscato is like number one. What is not to love about a Moscato? What is not to love? It's just delicious. And I think that we're going to see more conventional wine drinkers, people like you and I who didn't admit that we drank sweet wines, drinking more and more sweet wines as time goes on. I think we can't make enough sweet wine right now. That's a fact. Yeah, I know that is true. But I'm like you. I'm very, very my ear to the rail on the preferences and and the changes that are occurring in these markets. In New York, in Florida, in Texas, in California, where probably half of our wine is sold and then the other 38 plus states, I can see what they're buying and what they repeat buy. And and, in this last sale, um, which the first time I've ever done it, I brought an old vine red Zinfandel to market and it got completely snapped up, which tells me during the pandemic, People were straying from the classic Cabernet Chardonnay and starting to try different ideas. Now, a Zin is a big, spicy, 
crazy wine, as you know. And, and I'm finding that my buyers, my, my customers, the people that I curate wine for, it's almost like the trend in Cheetos that got so spicy and hotter. <laughs> okay. People liked it more and more. Yeah. The same thing's happening in the wine industry, particularly on the reds. They want more bold. They want more fruit forward. They want big runway after, you know, experience on the back of the palate. That's how you got to blend. And I, I got to tell you, there's nothing more fun than working and blending reds. I mean, my goodness, it's just, I, I just love it. I know the feeling. It's one of my favorite things to do as well. And I want to talk more about it, but I've got to blend a few important words from our sponsors in, and then we can pick up where we left off. My guest today is the incomparable Mr. Wonderful, now Mr. Winderful as well. We're swirling with a shark today. Kevin O'Leary is my exclusive guest today on Grape Encounters. Stick around. You don't want to miss even a second. At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure. Those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com, eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal. The more you click, the more I'll pour. Welcome back to Grape Encounters. Did you know that in Old England, the word grape actually means berry? However, back in the day, grapes didn't want to be lumped in with raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, and so on. So they refrained from going by the name Grapeberry. That's what we love about grapes, always thinking. And we're thinking it would be a very good idea to turn Dave's mic back on. David? If you've got a great idea and have thought it through carefully, and if you're lucky enough to get it in front of Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary and his co-hosts on Shark Tank, you might have a shot at true success. That lucky break that comes from anything but luck. You know, it actually comes from hard work, determination, and a very fertile mind. I never thought that I would be sitting here talking to Kevin O'Leary about a product of his that he's launching 
I'm very familiar with a lot of the wines that you are selling through Shop Mr. Wonderful. You know, I'm very fortunate over the last five years, I've built a huge following of people that trust my palate on curating wines for them. And I've brought many, many, many different varietals to market. I'm always interested in the feedback. And I think listening to your customers matters a lot. But also, I make these wines for my family. So I always say to people when it comes to wine, I have your back. And it's my family to yours. But as I became more involved with Vintage Wines Estates, and they have so many incredible brands of wine that I actually order anyways uh, for to add to my cellar in addition to my own, people started to ask me, well, what else do you drink? I said, well, why don't I add that to my Shop Mr. Wonderful site? Let me curate wines at every yeah. price point, white and reds, all kinds of different varietals, give you my tasting notes because I definitely try them all and buy them all. You know, in all of the deals I do, whether they're on Shark Tank or their investments I make, I eat my own cooking. I never invest in something I don't use personally. I don't endorse products I don't use personally. Otherwise, people smell BS a mile away. You can't just put your label on something and never use it. That's ridiculous. And so these wines on Shop Mr. Wonderful are the very best at their price points. And so I try everything at all the vintage wine estates. I try absolutely everything. I mentioned earlier in the show, some days I will sample 15, 16, 17 different whites and reds in a single day because I'm very fortunate to have all kinds of wine offerings sent to me to try, to to add to my collection that I would offer to my friends, family, and customers. So I'm like you. I've been doing this a very long time. I try and listen you know, what I'll do sometimes is I will get four or five wines and I will put tinfoil around them and I will take them down to the boathouse where we have lunch. Yeah. Generally, there's eight to 10 people there and they know why I'm doing it. I've made my decision, but I want to hear what they think. And they never get to see the label. They have no idea what they're drinking. And I take copious notes. And I'm very proud that my intuition about these wines My understanding of the American palate and my years and years of doing this gives me the experience to choose winners. And I hate to say this, but I'm right 99% of the time. Very rarely will I bring forth a wine that is a failure in the open market. And I'm very proud of that. I don't want to sound arrogant about it, but I've been doing it a long time. Well, you know, one of the things that I have pointed out to people a number of times is I judge some of the bigger wine competitions. So, you know, you've seen the competitions or maybe you judge them and you're sitting in panels and there are six people, let's say, around a table and we're tasting 12 wines at a time. We make our notes and then we go around and we talk about the wine and we talk about characteristics of the wine, but also give the wine a score. This is the funny thing about it. You can go around and six different people will all list completely different characteristics. Not one description matches, but the scores are very consistent. And what does that tell you? That good is good and bad is bad. I mean, it just really comes down to that. And I always say, look at, I have a Prius. I have never lifted the hood of my Prius. I don't know how it works. I couldn't describe how anything does whatever it does to make the car go. I just know I like the car. And that may be all that you need to know about wine. I'll get your take on this, Kevin. There are two TV serials that have been on recently, Queen's Gambit and Ted Lasso. One is about football or soccer, if you want to call it that. And if you're a real football buff... You can enjoy the show on one level, and if you know absolutely nothing about football, you can enjoy it on a more pedestrian level. Queen's Gambit, same thing. 
If you understand chess, you'll enjoy it from one perspective. And if you know nothing about chess, you'll still love the show. Wine is exactly like those shows. It doesn't matter how educated you are, because in the final analysis, the only thing that matters is, do I like it? And so what I would say to people who are thinking about buying your products, if you taste three or four of the wines that Kevin is touting and you like them, you're going to like everything that he likes because you buy the palate of the person that you're buying wine from. That's what you're buying. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great analogy, actually, because I spend a fair amount of my time. I'm, I'm also a classically trained chef in the French style. and But when I was growing up in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, which was a French colony yeah. for a long time, I was taught by two women chefs on how to do Asian fusion. And so, for example, when you're making escargot or you're making a heavy creamed yeah. uh, steak au poivre, for example, you can't do that in a country where it's 110 degrees and it's 100% humidity. It's too hot. So they started using mango chutney as a sauce or papaya juice, et cetera. And those flavors are blended in the foods. And I still make those foods. I argue that my escargot, which takes a long time to prepare, is probably the best you'd ever taste because I've been able to add some of those elements. But I pair that with wine. And so I spend a lot of time on, on Shot Mr. Wonderful trying to give suggestions on cheeses, on wines. And I always say, the one rule you must remember about wine is there are no rules. And right. so you don't have to drink a Chardonnay with turkey. Not at all. If you want to drink a Pinot with turkey, go ahead. Drink a red wine. It doesn't matter. When I serve my turkey dinner, and I've been doing this for decades, everybody gets red and white. Everybody. Amen. Pour and, Amen. And, and, yes. and I don't even ask them if they want it. Everybody has two glasses, and I do pairings for the whole. I, I cook that meal. The turkey, everything. And I, I say, look. I don't care if you don't like white wine, please try it. I don't care if you don't like red, please try it. I have curated these to every dish I've made from the beginning right through to the dessert. And by the end of that meal, they're trying everything. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying everything. And I'm opening up palates like crazy to different ideas. So how are you where Bubbly's concerned? Do you love it? Oh, well. Because oh. I think it's the greatest thing on the Thanksgiving table. Personally. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But you know this whole thing about champagne and the champagne region and yeah. not being able to call a sparkling wine a champagne outside of champagne. This is one of the greatest branding exercises ever done to mankind. Champagne is still sought after by everybody because it has the name champagne on it. But there are so many great sparkling wines made in California that I argue are better than a $110 bottle of champagne, better than a $60 bottle of wines. And so I, I agree with you. A little secret, when I was in the software industry for years and I had a very big office in France, just outside of Paris, maybe 110 people, developers there. We had a tradition at 4.01, the company poured everybody a glass of sparkling wine every single uh, day. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's very French. And I've started doing it in many other places I'm at. I love to start the evening with a sparkling. It cleanses the palate. Then I go to a Chardonnay or a Montrachet. So I've already had two glasses of white. Yeah. And then I go into my reds. That's my day almost every day. So you are a Pinot lover. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to forgive you for that. 
And, <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because I hate what happened to Pino because of Sideways. Because we everybody says it was the greatest thing that happened to Pino. No, it wasn't. It was the greatest thing that happened to Merlot. Because we got rid of all the bad Merlot. Now we've got a concentration of really good Merlot. And everybody thinks they can make Pinot. And they can't. And so I am looking forward to trying your Pinot. Let me tell you something about my Pinot. Because you okay. are correct. All right. It is the hardest grape in the world to grow. It is the hardest grape in the world to coax. It is the hardest grape in the world to know when to pick it at the perfect moment. But, you know, you talked about earlier before we started the show about terroir. Unfortunately, for even New World Pinot that we grow here in, in Washington State, for example, you have to find the right earth to grow it in. Right. And so my Pinot has won multiple awards because I respect the tradition of the stressed terroir, the stressed right. soil, the, the right slope of it. My Pinot is, is, I hope you try it soon. I think you'll be quite amazed by what I've done here. But I agree with you. It, when, I, when we talk about the Pinot crop and the Pinot crush, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It is the heart, it's just a, it, it's stressful, stressful. In my line of work, stressful is trying to fit everything in I want to talk about with Kevin O'Leary in a single hour. But I'm not through talking about Pinot just yet. We'll take a quick break and then I'm dying to find out which part of the world your Pinots are coming from. We'll continue swimming with the only shark who could possibly make wonderful even better than it already is. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, is with me today on Grape Encounters. These days, it is critically important for you to like us on our Facebook group page or any other social media you connect with us on. Those likes help keep us going strong. Also, if you're listening to us on a podcast, please consider writing a review or giving us a thumbs up or five stars. It's what enables us to take you on trips around the world and share things about wine that are often overlooked. Thanks for being a part of the family. Welcome to Total Wine and More, a wonderland for wine spirits and beer lovers. No matter what's on your holiday table, we have the wine and the savings to match. Pop open some bubbly as guests gather round. Pair baked ham with Cabernet for some tasty magic. Turkey and stuffing plays nicely with Pinot Noir. And while you're at it, check out the top 20 wines of the year and discover standout gifts for everyone on your list. With over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from, you can expect the unexpected, always at ridiculously low prices, with the best service in America. Choose in-store pickup or curbside pickup, shipping and delivery. Explore more in-store, online at TotalWine.com or on the app. Spirits not available in Virginia or North Carolina, delivery available in select markets. Wine has been around for 8,000 years, but if you happen to have any bottles that old in your cellar, you might want to drink them sooner than, than later. Actually, if you've got 8,000-year-old bottles in your cellar, they're fakes. Bottles didn't show up until the 17th century, so you might want to just put those pseudo-relics on eBay with a proper disclosure, of course. Anyway, let's continue with a show that never tries to fake you out. Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues. 
think it's safe to say that Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary can source grapes from any corner of the planet he feels like. So I'm dying to ask you, Kevin, tell me where your Pinot grapes are coming from. What region? Washington State. Washington State. Okay. Yeah. And that's going to be a very different style than a California. Well, they happen to have some terroir that really emulates the DRC region in Burgundy. It's not to say that's the only Pinot that I'll ever blend, but you want spectacular New World award-winning Pinot, you're going to get it out of Walla Walla. You're going to get it out of Washington State. You're going to get it in places where the growers have really had multiple crops to fine-tune how they're growing it and when they're picking it. I would tell everybody, try a Pinot, New World Pinot first, because Barnyard Pinot from DRC that you're going to pay a fortune for is going to blow your nose off. It's going to be so un-American when you first try it. It's going to be a shock to your system. But start with a New World Pinot. Start with my Pinot. Start with you know any of our vintage estate Pinots. We have blended them, and they're all, all award winners. So, but but you know you've brought up a good point. That sideways thing, Merlot got such a bad name. There are great Merlots now, though. I drink pure oh, Merlot. Yeah. That movie destroyed Merlot for five years. Yeah, more than five years. Hey, hey what are you drinking there? That's I a- hate to tell you this. This is my new Pinot, just from my last sale. My Pinot Noir, and this is actually my 2018 vintage. It's just fantastic. And how much do I have to pay for that? $11.59 a bottle. town. Really? Seriously? Yep. You know why? You're buying it direct from me. I've taken out two tiers of distribution. If anybody wants to check it out, just go to shopmrwonderful.com. That price was maybe a couple of bucks more now. I can't remember, but you know, try my wines. Go to shopmrwonderful.com. I want to say something about your wines on Shop Mr. Wonderful. I looked at every single wine there because I have a wine shop. I know prices of wines. I was actually shocked at how low you're selling the wines for. I really yeah. was. You're 30 and 40% cheaper than other places on a lot of those wines. And they're really, really good wines. You know, you've got wines like B.R. Cohn. I don't know how that guy makes as good a wine as he makes for the price. Try the Cohn. It's it's incredible. I, I, it's one of yeah. my favorite. But here's the thing. I'm cutting out two tiers of distribution. I'd rather you have the savings. I want you to become a member of what I'm doing, and I want everybody to try it. I'm going to drive value like crazy at Shop Mr. Wonderful because I'm basically the owner of the vineyard selling direct to my consumer or a shareholder, I should say. We've got a big team on Shop Mr. Wonderful. Bring me value. I'm trying everything. I'm trying it first. If I don't like it, it's not going up on the site. If I don't buy it for my sellers, it's not going on the site. It has to represent who I am. And so far, so good. Well, goodness. I wish we had another like five or six hours because we've just barely scratched the surface. Now, I guess my last question is simply this. Are you going to accept Bitcoin for wine? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Or should I say? I, I, I should have said. I, I should have said Shibu Inu, right? Or Shibu Inu? No, right? no, no. no. Okay. I, I think what I will accept first would be a stable coin that's backed by the U.S. dollar. I am a, a big investor in crypto technologies, but I am also highly regulated, and I don't want to offend any of the financial regulators. And we're not ready yet. They haven't put the rules out, but they will soon. But most people, in fact, recently, I, I went to give a keynote for a large corporation, and they asked me, "Can we pay you in USDC?" Can we just send it to your wallet? And I said, yes, you can. It was the first time ever. So I think that'll be coming to the wine industry too, because it's so much easier than transferring out of a bank or transferring from a credit card where there's all these fees. It's very interesting. That's a, a great way to end the show. It's talking about the future. I think crypto will make its way to the wine industry. Yes, it will. Well, I think that crypto is a mirror of the wine industry. You know, a lot of people feel a lot of things about crypto, but I have a small portfolio of crypto and I tend to believe the value of it is what I think the value is, period. 
It's how I value it. That's why, you know, people will go out and buy tons of Dogecoin, uh, even though it's probably not taking them any place, but they feel good about it and it makes them happy. Why is it the same Doge, way? You know what I say to people? I own Dogecoin, but I also own Pothereum. Pothereum is for cats. Dogecoin's for dogs. Okay. So if you have a cat, you know, at least Pothereum gives to animal shelters. That's why I yeah, bought it because yeah. it's one of those coins that supports charities and for cats. And I'm a big cat lover. So I'm Pothereum and I'm Dogecoin. I don't want either dog or cat community to be mad at me. What changed your mind about cryptos very quickly? <laughs> um, the regulator. And I noticed from many of my companies, my best developers were leaving to go work on crypto uh, okay. blockchains and, and centralized wallets. So where the talent is going, that told me I had to start investing there. And I you know, in our operating investment company now, 10% of our assets are now in crypto oh, wow. and in companies that support blockchain and decentralized wallets and decentralized finance. And uh, I spend a lot of my time working with those teams and I have, you know, a fair amount of capital invested. And so the regulators changed my mind. They're, they're opening up to it. And I think it's never going away, as you suggested. And I think it's a better payment system. So let's see what happens. Okay. Last question. What is harder to understand, crypto or terroir? Terroir. Okay. Terroir is harder to understand. You're absolutely right. Crypto, you can learn by just going online. Terroir, you have to live it, breathe it, smell it, put your foot in it, grow it. I've spent so much time walking down rows of, of vines. Even my home in Switzerland, my father's home where he is now retired, our backyard is a giant vineyard. And I look at that vineyard every day when I'm there visiting. And that's a Swiss terroir. They make a fondant which is a, a, a white, effervescent wine in the Valet, where he is. I love that fondant. I've been drinking it since I've been eight years old. Wow. By the way, it never changes. They know how to make it from ancient ways. And so every year when I taste it, it tasted like it did when I was eight years old. It's incredible. I mean, I could talk about wine forever. But the terroir is a complex chemistry, half art, half science. The grade, the amount of sun. The stress in terroir in Burgundy, you are not allowed to water it or you lose your license. Right, exactly. You can't. Yeah. I mean, anyways, it's just so interesting. Well, that, we have to do this again. There's I, so I, much more to talk I about. I so appreciate your time. It's been a, just a, a wealth of great information here. And I, yeah, we do need to do it again. And I need you to cook for me. That's it. <laughs> I'd love to. We prepare something fresh in California and go through a ton of wine. All right. Well, That'd Ke be terrific. Kevin O'Leary, what a tremendous pleasure to have you on. I wish you great success. Not that you need my wishes, but great success with shopmrwonderful.com. And we're going to put a link to your website on my website just because I want to support what you're doing. If people can oh, get I appreciate wine, that. If people can get wine for less money, good wine, then so be it. We will support that. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. But Take I care. Should, that's going to do it this week for Grape Encounters. How in the world are we going to top that? Oh, heck, I know. We're going to head to another part of the world, a lesser known region in Italy. I'm headed there this Wednesday. I'm sure we're going to find plenty of amazing things to share with you there. 17 hours on planes wearing a mask. The things I gladly do for you. We'll see you next week. This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. It's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at this same time next week for another Grape Encounter.